0: good morning good afternoon how you doing out there today this is david robert for the adult fitness podcast i hope you're having a wonderful and great day today it is august the 8th i want to say is it august the 8th or august the 9th hold on a second here gosh darn it what is the date Boom, August the 8th, 2023. Hope you're having a wonderful and great day today. We are barreling, charging through this second month of summer and it is, uh, it is a wonderful thing to behold. So I hope everybody is enjoying the time with loved ones if you're able to get out there and just enjoy life. Uh, yeah, so uh, nonetheless, just before we get started, I want to let you know you can find the Adult Fitness Podcast wherever you get your podcast, from Google Play, Stitcher, to Podbean. Actually, Stitcher is good until the end of August. And then after that, I believe it's a paid for subscription. But other than that, you can find us wherever you get your, your podcast iTunes, uh, Google Play. Like I said before, we're rocking and rolling. <clears throat> so today's episode, we're going to be chatting about various various aspects of fitness within the gym um what to do when your gym annoys you (laughs) uh more more or less what to do when you are part of a fitness facility or a gym that is frustrating should you leave should you find a new one should you work out at home should you build that customary gym in your basement so we're going to chat about that but before we get started i want to give you a little bit of context I have spent the better part of the last decade and a half working in gyms, uh, working at the front desk, training people and training clients as a personal fitness trainer, and it is a mixed bag of nuts when you work in the fitness industry. On the one hand, it's fun because you grew up loving certain aspects of fitness and athleticism. Maybe you wanted to be a hockey player, a basketball player, a football player you wanted to be an Olympic weightlifter, a bodybuilder, um, a fitness professional, uh, and you just didn't make the cut when it came to maybe going further in your athletic endeavors. And so you work as a trainer, you open a gym, you want to be a part of the fitness industry in some way, shape, form, or fashion, which is what you find with a lot of people who work in the, in the industry or who work in in the supplement industry or gym ownership, or they sell and make fitness equipment or you know, service equipment or stuff like that. Just, just trying to be close to the industry in some way, uh, can make a lot of people choose to work in this profession. And it's a wonderful profession, but it does have its pitfalls and working in various gyms and working and training people, you get, you, you come to to know when there's good gyms out there versus the ones that are just crap. So I want to touch on that a little bit. Uh, the first thing is when I would walk into a gym, be it a city facility, be it a private one, or be it just um, like a, a chain, like a Snap Fitness or a, or a Crunch or whoever else, I think the first thing you always want to see is a feeling of camaraderie. Like, is this gym kind of hoity-toity? Is it elitist? do only like hardcore bodybuilders work out here? Is this a strong man gym? Is this a strength training gym? Is this more of a place for cardio? Is it a CrossFit gym? Is this more bodybuilding, isolation movements? And then you can kind of gauge where you fit. I know with the last gym I worked at, it was very much an everyday, every man type of gym, like an Anytime Fitness uh, fitness um, Fit for Less type of place where you know the memberships were 15 bucks a month 25 and it wasn't that big of a financial burden so you can come in there uh, sign up for your membership and kind of use it at your leisure and there was a lot of times where people were not as committed because they were only paying 25 bucks a month or 10 i think it was 15 when i first started at fit for less i think the yellow card was like ten dollars and nine something and the black card, which gave you access to tanning and uh, massage chairs and all this stuff was like, I think it was like tw- just under 20 bucks. So not a big commitment, you know, uh, a meal at a, at a, at a fast food restaurant could run you about 20 bucks for one person. So you would have access to a fitness facility for 24 hours a day in some cases for up to a month or two months with a $20 plus membership. So it's a, it's a good It's a good deal when it comes to saving money in these hard economic times we're in right now. So a lot of people that I worked with would sign up to these memberships and they'd love it. And some people would show up periodically, but for the most part, it was pretty good. And what I found in working at the gyms, like the everyday type of gym, was that there wasn't a lot of egos there, which is kind of cool. We didn't see a lot of people who were showing off wearing designer stuff and trying to flash what they what they had on and how much they could lift it was very much every everyday guys and girls off the street but there is something to be said about gyms when you walk into them and you get a feel for them you know is this comfortable and so i think that's the first point we're going to look at today is when you walk into a gym when you enter into the doors how's the front desk are they friendly? Are they engaging? Do they even have a front desk now with AI and machines um, being replacing people with the 24 hour sort of FOB system? Um, I remember asking myself a lot of times when I was at the gym, was I even necessary to be there after eight o'clock? Cause I would work the evening shifts um, throughout the week and you know, closing you're done at 10, you're home by like quarter to 11 and you ask yourself, like, is it even worth it to be here? Cause from eight o'clock to 10, there was nobody, barely anybody coming in. You'd maybe get a few people wanting to use the tanning beds. People would scan in to want to, you know, maybe um, get some water or sign up for a membership or whatever, or cancel. But usually you weren't really that necessary. And if you have front desk staff or staff there in particular, you gotta really ask yourself, do they, are these the people you want to have in your facility? And I remember going to other gyms when I worked at fit for less. Cause a lot of times when you work at a gym, the last thing you want to do when your shift is over or when you're done training people is now get on the floor and get a workout in. So I knew a lot of people who would actually be, they'd work at a gym, but they'd have a membership at another gym just so no one would bother them. No one could bug them. And they were kind of like by themselves which was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see to do that because then you could just sneak off and do a great leg workout or a chest workout or cardio or whatever, and just kind of leave the gym alone, you know, because it's kind of, it kind of becomes a little bit cumbersome and, you know, a little bit tiresome when you have a place that you work out in and you also work there. So there's a lot of overlap. And I remember, Uh, when I was there, this is a little bit of a rant here, but when I was working at various gyms, and then I'd go on the floor to work out, or I was washing my hands in the bathroom after going there, people would (laughs) come up to you and be like, hey, I got a question about my membership. Hey, I got a question about tanning. Hey, I got this, this. And it's like, I'm not on the clock right now. But I'd I'd always be cordial about it because I wouldn't try to be rude or anything. But I think it's it's just it's it's beneficial to see what's the, what is the staff like, what are the people that run the place, you know. Um, the second is is it is it clean? Is it a clean gym? Like, do they wipe down the equipment? There's nothing grosser to me than walking into a new gym and there's like sweat splatter on the treadmill. You can tell nobody is washed, you know, dusted underneath there. What's the equipment like? What's the state of the repairs when you're there? I feel personally when you walk into a gym or even if it's a private facility, uh, one-on-one training or group stuff, if something is broken, you should the management staff should move heaven and earth to make sure it's fixed within that week. There's nothing more embarrassing than you know coming into my shift or leaving and then coming back the next day, the next week. And the same piece of equipment is broken, be it an elliptical, be it a treadmill and again I, I know that with treadmills and stuff like that it can be really tough because if if they're leased to pieces of equipment they're and they're very pricey a a, tre- a good commercial treadmill will run you about man about like five thousand bucks or something a new pre core elliptical um, yeah roughly about four thousand five to excuse me and up a uh Concept two rower, you're looking at about commercial, you know, base model, a thousand bucks. You get the extra tall one. You're looking at maybe a thousand five with taxes and everything else and delivery, shipping, freight, duty, depending on where you're getting your equipment from. It can be, it can be costly. So a lot of facilities lease their stuff and it just gives you the option to then replace them when new stuff comes in. Plus you're also not, uh, necessarily worried about, like, things breaking down. You just call the repair people. But when I worked at various gyms, I would notice pieces of equipment would be broken for weeks, months on end, and people would just come up, hey, that piece of equipment's broken. Hey, this bench is kind of off. Hey, you know, when is that going to be fixed? And I always felt like if you're paying a uh, not very much money for your gym um, access there's nothing worse than when standards start to slip and the equipment starts to get not, it doesn't get updated. You know, you're working on, and again, certain pieces of equipment are cool like that. Like the, oh man, there's a certain brand of leg press that is renowned for just keeping its value. It's just on the right angle. People love it, but there's a lot of gyms out there where the equipment has just been beaten to hell. Like people do not care. About stuff that's not theirs Trust me Like I, I remember coming in And seeing boot marks On the on the treadmills Like guys would just be wearing Their their boots from off the street You know um, I remember seeing Butt marks on the tanning beds Because people wouldn't Wipe them down properly um, The thing that pissed me off the most Was when guys would like Guys or girls would, would just max out the leg press And I mean for the leg press Let's be honest It would be guys Idiots doing this And they just max it out and leave all the weights on there. You know, like, put your weights back. You know, rack your dumbbells. The most important lift you're going to make in the gym is putting your weights back. And it was literally like sometimes talking to five-year-olds. Like, pick up your shit, (laughs) you know. And I can't tell you how many times I wanted to just, like, throw a 45 plate at someone's head. You know, I mean, obviously you kill them and that's a whole other problem, but you don't want to do that. So I remember just kind of sucking it up and being like, okay, just put the weights back, you know, whatever. I could look at it as my own workout, but it was, th- that was the, the issue. So if you're in the gym and you know, first off, you want to make sure everything's friendly. People are, are nice. People are saying hello. But the second is the level of, uh, are, is the, are the machines working and is it clean, right? The last thing you want to be doing is walking into the bathroom and faucets haven't been fixed water fountains have been busted for months, uh, light fixtures are going on and off. Like there needs to be a sense of pride that you take with your facility, even if it's not yours, but to say, hey, I worked here. Like when I worked at one of the gyms I was at, I would, the first thing I would do is the first night change, look at the schedule, look at who's who I'm working with, then okay, start, you know, change the water bottles out. Uh, the spray bottles that we use to disinfect the equipment when people are done working out are there fresh paper towels or wipes that people use to wipe down the equipment? Uh, how does the, um, then you kind of look at the bathrooms, you know, how are the sinks? The garbage has been changed. How are the um, recyclables? So we would, you know, people would drop their bottles off and we would recycle them. And then uh, they used to take the money and give it to the staff. I know some gyms will use that and they will use it to buy new equipment. I've seen that in certain gyms. I don't know what my old gyms are doing with the reusable bottles from their like, you know, your energy drinks, your Gatorade or stuff like that. But do they even have a recyclable, you know? And then I'd go through the lost and found because I I, I kid you not, like the lost and found is where water bottles and wallets and watches and earbuds. I can't tell you how many earbuds I I found and like actual Apple um, iPods. I think I have about like for, I found, you know, just from people would just leave their stuff. And so you got to ask yourself, okay, what's their lost and found situation like? What is their, what is their policy on that? If somebody loses something, can, will they keep it or will they just lock it up or that kind of thing? And so along with the, you know, just the, the good staff, clean, you know, cleanliness and, you know, equipment that isn't broken all the time. The other thing I, th- I think is really important is what is the culture within that gym? And I think I learned about culture within the fitness facilities when I worked at Fit for Less and a lady came up to cancel her membership. This was years ago and I'll never forget it. And she was signing up for a CrossFit gym um, that was just, just across, across, across town. And I remember asking her like, okay, like you're, you know, you're spending a lot of money to go to this other gym. Where you're spending a um like a minimum amount. Like I remember, if I could if I could recall correctly, for a one year membership with the black card at, you know, Fit for Less, it was roughly about two hundred and fifty dollars just under three hundred bucks with tax. And the gym she was going to was charging two hundred and fifty dollars a month. So she was literally leaving a gym that would charge her um what she would pay in a year to what she would pay in a month. And I remember asking her, like, okay, something, what what's going on? Like, what, what's happening here? And she told me, basically, she loved the fact that when she came into um, to the CrossFit gym, because she had done a few classes, they knew who she was. They would go for uh, maybe, like, smoothies and stuff afterwards. They hung out, and they created this culture in which there was camaraderie there. And she said she would come in to fit for less. And she knew me and she knew a few other people, but there wasn't that feeling. You just come in, scan your card, change, work out, exchange a few pleasantries with, you know, some staff and whatever else. And then you were done. There was no sense of, I belong here. So you got to ask yourself that. Is this a place that has competitions? Do they have, uh, meets here? Like, you know, weightlifting meets where, uh, people would sign up and for either bench press, deadlift, or or squat, are there activities here? Like, do they do fundraising and things like that? Is this a culture where, you know, they're a bit more socially aware? I know some gyms will take on causes like, like uh, food bank drives in the winter, um, collecting toys for kids, stuff like that. Even if you don't believe in, in Christmas or whatever, um, you can still, you know, celebrate the season, as it were, so... Is it a gym that actually has stuff like that? You know, for Halloween, for Christmas, for New Year's, for for Easter, are they kind of a communal sort of thing? Are they part of the community? You know, do they actually care about outreach and stuff like that? Because it's your business is not just a place to make money. It's a place where people are coming to, yes, spend money, but more importantly, their time, their energy is coming there. They want to be a part of something bigger because you can just work out at home. You could literally... Just buy some equipment if you can afford it and go to town, right? But it's, it's that level of, Hey, you know what? We're, we're I'm a part of something. And so ask yourself that, like, do they do like, uh, something on Halloween where, you know, it's like deadlifts and pumpkins or something, or, or for Christmas, you know, Mary swole or something crazy. Like, are there, are there events planned? right and so that's really really important and i know i've been a part of gyms that did really good outreach i worked at the ymca for a number of years and they were primarily working with the community for outreach for um, hope mission and the mustard seed and they did a lot of things their primary focus was social engagement and working with the community and improving the lives of other people through fitness and exercise and swimming and you know community stuff so you got to really ask yourself that right and because again, it it is important. I think as we, you know, um, move into the further past COVID, it's become very apparent how important community, how important community is. And when COVID took over, as far as the main thing, everybody was focusing on for the for, for the better part of three years, almost you had to come, you came to the realization that, wait a second, like, it's we missed the gym. We missed that community. We missed that attitude of being able to talk to people. I've I've made some great friends just at the front desk talking the shit with people. People would tell you things that they wouldn't even tell their wives or husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends. You become a part-time therapist almost, which is amazing and you know, you're a third party that doesn't know their problems but they're sharing it with you you know you come to the gym to relieve the stress or to get stronger or maybe you're competing for something maybe you want to slip into that better looking dress or you know feel feel young again or just you know get back in shape and and whatever else and so the gym the gym tries to occupy that third space that most um places want to occupy so there's your uh, there's your church. There's your home. There's your place of worship. There's your work. There's your school. There's your the grocery store, the the, the coffee shop, your um, you know your poker club. Like all the all these things make up our lives, and 95 to 98 percent of our time is spent in that. Now we'll have holidays and weddings and all this other stuff and traveling, but the majority of your time is spent in that mundane, very normal. Um, activity of going back and forth and taking care of whatever, and you know the beauty of the um, of the extraordinary in the ordinary kind of thing. And the gyms and the coffee shops want to be that third space. They want to know that you're coming here if you're not at work or at home. This is the spot they want you to be in. And the gym occupies that for a lot of people. And we missed that during COVID. And so now that the majority of a lot of the lockdowns and the regulations are kind of past us I think it re- really need to kind of met, you know reflect and be like okay what does the gym mean to a lot of people you know it means a lot and we missed we missed that when when covid took over and and I think also I think another thing we we have to realize is that when you do step into a gym you do it's it's often Apparent, what sort of gym you're at, based on um, the the way people dress. And this might seem superficial. It might seem, you know, like, okay, who cares about that? But if if I walk into a gym, like I'm a pretty big guy, but if I if I get, you know, a proper, a better gym fit than what I got right now, because I'm always working out in my basement, so nobody sees me. But if I get myself some proper gym shoes and some compression shorts, and you know, a couple pairs of shorts and a nice t-shirt, and da da da. You want to feel good when you go to work out, and I think some people can overdo it a little bit with the makeup and, you know, the expensive jewelry and, you know, the really nice shoes because a lot of people are trying to show, hey, look at me, check me out, da-da-da. But I've always gravitated towards the everyman gyms, the gyms where just regular people can come and get incredibly strong and fit. I've never really liked going to like the hardcore type gyms even though I, I do like and appreciate the the bro dudes that come in there and all different personalities but ask yourself what is the the way people dress what are they what's the makeup like the other women wear are they is this like a high end type of gym cuz you have those you have gyms that are in more expensive parts of town um, parts of you know the community that you live in that has a little bit more affluence to it a little bit more money And so you might, you know, feel a little bit out of place, birds of a feather and all that. You know, if you're, if it's close to where you work and, you know, a lot of your coworkers go there, that's, that's pretty cool too. But if you're part of a gym that's, you know, the dues are pretty expensive. They, they charge a lot and the clientele there, if you see the cars that pull up, there are all Audis and Lexuses and BMWs and Range Rovers you might want to second guess it if you're pulling up in a, you know, in a whatever. And it, I'm not trying to be, trying to say there's like a class system thing or whatever, but you do feel more comfortable when you're working out with people who are kind of in the same socioeconomic status that you're in. It's it's kind of nice to be able to have regular conversations about stuff. I was just listening to um, C.K. Lewis kind of roast, roast Joe Rogan on his podcast because Joe Rogan was talking about doing cold plunges and a sauna and talking about hunting his meat with like, uh, he he's a carnivore type diet so he hunts with, with a bow and arrow and he's talking about a lot of stuff that people who don't have his sort of money his sort of access and just his t- time really can't access that stuff so a good good example is if i'm like a professional athlete and i'm I'm coming to a gym or if I'm like a semi pro athlete or i I play in Europe and i you know i, I come into into town during during the off season I'm going to be talking with guys about you know traveling and and contracts and all that stuff, and that's going to be what's talked about during the sets you know I think you really make your connections with people at the gym during your reps and during exercises when you're on your break you just you know kind of thing and if you're in a, in a gym where everybody is in the change rooms are talking about big business or in the sauna talking about their vacation homes and wherever you're not going to have the same thing to kind of chat about when you're talking about oh man the wife's busting my balls <laughs> or like you know work is driving me crazy or whatever um, it really that camaraderie is really cool when you're talking with people who are going through the same stuff you're going through if you're a mom a new mom and you want to bring your kid to a gym and you and and you find one with other moms that could be a lifesaver if you think about it if you find a gym with other people there that are um in the same industry you are like if there's a gym close by and like all of the staff goes there and there are engineers or doctors or, or or like policemen or firefighters. I've seen gyms where that are very specific and are kind of niched and where, you know, CrossFit gyms are really popular with military and police and firefighters and EMTs. And so you can be part of a gym that is catering to people like you. Uh, recently in the city, there's been a gym that has been catering to the LGBTQ plus two spirit um, uh, um, community and that's a huge thing because if you're part of a gym that recognizes let's say your lived experience as a queer or lesbian or transgender individual there's so many cues that you can pick up on that'll make you feel safe if I walk into a gym and you know it's it's got like the confederate flag flying up there and it's got maybe you know a MAGA sort of thing I may not feel as comfortable there being a black man. I might say, you know what, this just, just isn't for me, regardless of what my politics are or the politics of the staff there. And the same thing might be true if I'm, if you're like a white person, or if I was a Caucasian individual and I go to a gym and it's nothing but you know black lives matter and you know um, black trans lives matter and every flag you can think of the African and Caribbean experience and you know there's nothing really there that shows i'm valuable and and vice versa you know so you want culture is really important and really significant i found and and then there's also like the price you know is this a a gym that is kind of known for ripping people off i know gold's gym it was notorious i remember hearing stories of people coming into the front desk saying things like literally saying that they will kill us if they have to fight to cancel their gym membership a la uh that friends episode where um ross and chandler had to quit the gym you know it's like it's so uh, you hear horror stories of like people canceling their memberships but money's still coming out or getting overcharged for, um, for memberships Or bogus charges Like I, I tell anybody Who's listening to this If your gym is charging you A maintenance fee It's bullshit Because they should be Maintaining the gym That's crap Like if If a gym is charging you Like a uh, What is that Uh starting fee That's primarily To cover It should be there Just to cover the cost Of your card So Most little fobs Or gym cards Will run you about 15 to 20 bucks And so if you got a membership of like five hundred to a thousand, it can add up. So you might want to buy them in bulk. But on average, they might cost you like five dollars a piece. They're pretty expensive. So you know you'll charge ten, or maybe eleven bucks just to replace it, or jack up the price to like thirty just so people don't lose that mother. You know, like you, you could say if if you're part of a gym that like kind of is okay with that. Of uh, you know if you lose your card you get one free replacement and that's it but you know ask yourself the gym that you're a part of you know the maintenance fee and the updating fees and and like hidden costs and cleaning fees and all this other crap and it's like no a gym should like should be cleaning the gym they should be repairing the equipment now if if they want to like invest in something um, really cutting edge, and they're like, look, we're just raising funds for this, then that'd be cool if the gym's like, hey, you know what, uh, we're not going to raise our rates, we're not going to overcharge you guys, but we're just, we're doing all sorts of fundraising. So in the summer, they might do summer camps, or barbecues, or bottle runs, because, you know, we're they're putting money towards getting a new um, belt squat machine, or repairing the pool, or whatever, whatever cases, whatever's going on the last thing you want to do is look on your, your credit card on your credit card or your whatever, and see hidden, hidden charges, you know, hidden fees. So that's something that I, I don't believe people think, Oh, excuse me. Oh, pardon me. A lot about, I don't think we, we put a lot of effort into recognizing how much money goes into like, um, maintaining a gym first of all keeping it up to date it it does cost a lot Um, definitely if you have fixture problems or you know problems with electrical and that's why you always want to see where your gym is located too is it newer is it older is it a new building you know is management usually on hand are they more or less out to lunch do they care about the place a lot of all of that can help in really help with your gym experience because ultimately you're spending your hard-earned money you're coming to a place where you're actually working hard if you're you're there you're socializing and you want to feel proud about it it's like your your car if you're a car person or it's like if you are a uh, chef and you you pride yourself on your plates and your your knives and your pots and pans and and your kitchen you know and I I think that's ultimately uh, before I wrap this up it's kind of like where What you want to see is like you want to You want people To have pride Where they Where you kind of lay your head Right You want people to say You know what I come I work out here And the equipment's always clean Staff is friendly If stuff is broken They fix it right away There's no weird smell In the bathroom Um You know The urinals are working And you just feel good about Coming there Not just spending your money But your time And I took great pride in keeping the gym clean. I loved actually making sure that the place was like, you know, went on my shifts anyways, making sure it was clean and equipment was where it should be. Things weren't laying around because there's nothing worse than going to a gym. And I know for old school muscle head type, iron iron types, we have this fantasy of like a gym. That's basically like our basement gym or our garage gym or our, gym out in our shed where equipment's everywhere and it's just the way we like it and it might be a little bit dusty but you know we get great workouts in there and when you're dealing with a commercial gym when you're dealing with a gym that has a lot of people in it the I think the thing you want to remember is more often than not people don't care about the equipment they'll treat it like crap and you want to see how your gym staff is going to respond to that. Are they going to actually be caring about the gym? Are they going to, um, you know, say, "Hey, you can't," you you know, be honest about. Excuse me. Oh, I'm sorry. About keeping you know the gym up to date and making sure it's clean. And I, I think that's really important. And I think the last thing I want to say is just how do they deal with conflict? So, how do they deal with Um, how do they deal with people being jerks? I remember when I worked at the YMCA, we had this list of people we called the wall of shame. And so that wall of shame was basically people who came in and acted like assholes. They were people who cussed out the front desk, people that, um, brought drugs or paraphernalia or contraband into the, into the gym, people who snuck into the plus change rooms. And that, that was the change room with the steam room. Um, where more of the affluent members of the downtown core would, would um, head in there, you know, executives and lawyers and stuff um, just to make it, you know, a little bit more enticing, but we had we had a list of people that had just bad actors, right and you want to make sure that you're safe, a lot of women feel threatened when they come into these sort of spaces that's why there's female only gyms now, I think Spa Lady is still a thing and other facilities out there that I remember women would call asking, Hey, do you, is there a women's only area or is this a female only change room? Cause women felt threatened by, you know, coming into the to the gym and you don't know how to, how to use things and the equipment looks kind of weird. And, and a little, little segue here is that also make sure that if you are coming to the gym as a noob, as a newbie, that there's sort of like an introductory thing where, the gym, the people working at the front desk or the, the staff, don't think they're too cool to tell you. Oh, this is a Smith machine, and this is what it does. Oh, this is how the leg press works. This is how the you know lat pull down machine works, and and all that. It's not like they just roll their eyes and you know let you out there. It's like no, you're paying money, you should be, you know, you should be taken care of. But back to the other point, the last point, which was. How do they handle the conflict? Um, You know, if somebody says something racist, misogynist, sexist, homophobic, will they be dealt with? I I know there was a zero tolerance at my old gym for, um, you know, racial slurs and homophobic slurs, um, criticizing anybody about their political, um, religious uh, beliefs. That was just a no no. I had to kick, I've kicked people out for swearing, for for cursing for refusing to wear masks. That was a thing in during the pandemic where people just got nasty and refused to actually just be common, decent people. It was just, it was just sad, but you know, um, when you bring people together that have different views and different parts, different values. Yeah. It, it can be pretty hairy. And so there were times that, you know, it was tense, but I had to ask people to leave. I, I said once the manager gets in, you can talk to him or her, but you gotta go and sometimes police were called um, sometimes I never had a fight break out, but you know uh, there, there were times where people had to be asked to leave, and you know I and women were not necessarily harassed but definitely made to feel uncomfortable because hey you're wearing tight clothing, both guys and girls, and you're sometimes you're in awkward positions so Yeah, ask yourself, like, what's the policy? If somebody says something derogatory or, you know, um, people filming at the gym, that's another big issue. Um, Does your gym allow that? You know, are people allowed to take video footage of themselves lifting and how do they handle that? I've seen a lot of gym memes where, or videos online where people would just start fighting because someone's in their shot or they're trying to get, you know try to get them to look a certain way you know so what's the policy on that on cell phones and and swearing and bad language or odors you know could you like would they ask somebody to leave if their perfume was too strong or if the bo was too strong that was another one that that always got me um you know and and stuff like that so yeah i think that's where i'll kind of end it I, i just wanted to give a little of a uh of a kind of, I don't want to say synopsis, but just a kind of like a step-by-step sort of thing, if you are planning on joining a gym, because it's becoming more and more um, apparent to me that the most important thing outside of your relationship with your God or or your faith is definitely time. And the one thing we can't get back, the one thing we cannot um, replace, or it's not a, it's a non-renewable resource. We don't have it in spades. We don't want to waste it. We don't want to, um, you know, waste our time and all that kind of stuff. And when you're traveling back and forth to a facility, you want to make sure it's worth it. You want to make sure it's, this is where you are spending the best part of your day one of the best parts of your day and you're able to enjoy the experience and I mean it's a lot to the you know to finish your work or your time with your kids and then go to a a place to work even harder you want to enjoy that you don't want to be in a position where you're um looking around thinking why the hell am I here you know so so nonetheless uh Just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, This was something that was rattling around and I was thinking, you know what? I want to touch on this a little bit because uh, it it appears that we're not going to have any more lockdowns, but definitely uh, gym culture is alive and well. And I think if it's going to stay like that, we need to find ways to maintain the, the standards within the gym culture. So thank you for listening. Hopefully this adds some value to your day. Until next time, I want you to keep fit and have fun. Take care out there.